Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today, we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, Season 1, Episode 1, titled, The Boy in the Iceberg. God, I love this show! I love it so much! I'm so excited to talk about it. One of my favorite shows of all time, as I have said before on this show, I think... So good. It's so freaking good. And this first episode sets everything up so perfectly. So, before we get into the deep dive discussion, I want to very quickly get some general bleh, some general praises out of the way. Uh, animation, gorgeous. Voice acting, phenomenal. Uh, we will talk about this, I'm sure, a lot. Over the next few months, but the creativity on display in both this series and Legend of Korra is staggering. It's so fun and whimsical, yet very character and plot driven at the same time. Very hard hitting in its story. It's the perfect balance between entertainment and substance. And it is... Set up so perfectly in this two-part episode that we will be talking about both today and tomorrow. Boy in the Iceberg and Avatar Returns. Like, they really... Like, this is such a brilliant proof of concept, these two episodes. Okay, first off, let's talk about that opening narration for a bit. Because the opening narration of this episode, it is the extended version of what you typically see in the Avatar episodes... And it so perfectly sets up everything you need to know going in. Hey, there are four nations. There's air nomads. There's water tribes. There's earth kingdom. There's fire nation. One of them's at war with the others. There's elements that can be bended. Only the avatar can bend all four elements and keep the peace. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, he vanished, spent a hundred years, Fire Nation's nearing victory in the war, Avatar is nowhere to be found, uh, people believe the cycle's been broken, oh, by the way, I'm Katara, hi, uh, me and my brother Sokka lost our parents, uh, our fa- our mother's dead and our father went to go fight in the war, uh, with all the men, so now there's just women and children left, and we have to take care of the tribe, uh, But I haven't lost hope. Everything's gonna be good. Everything's gonna be fine. That's all you need to know. That's really as complex and layered as this world is. This opening narration does a very good job of taking all the elements you need to know to understand what the hell is happening. 
puts them at the top, and then it's just like, okay, everything else? Fine. Whatever. You can pick it up as you go along. You don't need to know it in the first two minutes. And they show a nice amount of... of restraint in that. I'm sure the creators had this issue of what's important, what's not. What do they need to know going in? What is just fine to build out over time. I'm sure they kind of had this gut instinct as the creators of this world to just lay it out right at the beginning. But they didn't do that, which was a very good choice. It ended up for more natural world building. It spawned more natural world building that is extremely, extremely fascinating to watch play out over this entire series. This episode, this first episode also, look, I'll admit, the very first episode of this series, if you watch it on its own, doesn't do a lot (laughs) plot-wise. Nothing really happens, but it definitely does a lot for establishing character. It really does a very good job of giving you the barest details of here's who these characters are, here's what they're about, here's their little basic layers that will flesh out more and more and more over the course of this series. And that's why I say this is a proof of concept. Like, plot-wise, this very first episode, there's not a ton that goes on, if I'm being honest. But it's purely devoted to character. You see who Aang is as he emerges from that iceberg. Just a fun-loving, immature kid who has this unwanted responsibility on his shoulders and has to kind of... has to kind of bear with that as it goes on. Has to kind of come to terms with that as the series goes on. You have Katara, who is the last waterbender in the Southern Water Tribe. And desperately wants to learn more, to become a better waterbender, to have a master. And it's this very hopeful person. You have Sokka, who's this goofball who wants to be a soldier. He's kind of an idiot. He's almost always wrong in everything he sets out to do. And he has this big, like, bickering relationship with Katara. That brother-sister headbutting thing that plays out in such magnificent ways. But he does have good intentions in literally everything he does. Uh, Zuko, this angry dude who really wants to capture the Avatar uh, because his honor hinges on, <laughs> on catching him. Iroh, just this wise old man who was like, hey... Zuko, you're an idiot. Stop everything you're doing. You're the worst person. You're the dumbest person. Just stop being a baby child. Like, it really is perfect character establishment, and that's what this first episode sets out to do. That's what they accomplish very beautifully. Now, as far as things that actually happen in this episode, really the biggest plot points are at the beginning and end of the episode... The beginning being, of course, 
Katara in uh, Feet of Rage <laughs> at her brother just decimates this iceberg and lets Aang loose. Just this... Just this coincidence that happens to be, like, the best thing that could ever happen to this world. And that whole sequence, first off, the stuff with the fishing boat where they're arguing about magic water power, and then the rapids, and they abandon their boat, and then Sokka's like, ah, you screwed up, and then Katara does that massive, massive rant which is just perfect i love it every time it's so classic (laughs) i especially love the line have you ever smelled your dirty socks let me tell you not pleasant like it's so good and then ang coming out of that iceberg not only is it an impressive light show but it makes for this separate phenomenally fun moment of Aang just starting to run amok, just being his normal goofy self. Sokka's not buying it. Katara's all about it and creates this other little rift between them that's so perfect. Appa sneezes on Sokka at one point, which is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Aang sneezes and flies 10 feet in the air Then they all get on the flying bison Appa Who Sokka is very skeptical of And then they just fall into the water instead of flying Cause Appa's tired And they just drift for a while <laughs> It's so perfect it, it's just, it's the best character introduction Aang could have ever received. Meanwhile, Zuko sees this bright light emerging from the iceberg and is like, It has to be the Avatar! Let's get him! And you're kind of like, oh, who's this dude? And then you have them all get to the village, and Aang does this show of his glider, and Sokka's like, oh, this none of this is None of this is great. None of this is good. I don't like this guy. Uh, eventually, Sokka just flat out mentions the war, and Aang's like, Oh, what war? What is that? Hey, look, there's a penguin! <laughs> oh, and before we go any further, I especially love the scene where Sokka's giving this very powerful speech about being men. And he's giving it to a bunch of children who then all have to go on a potty break. (laughs) And then they conveniently forget that they had to go pee as soon as Aang shows up. Weird. (laughs) I wonder if they actually had to pee or if they were just bored because, you know, they're kids. But then you have this magnificent penguin sledding scene. Where Aang and Katara are having this nice heart-to-heart about Katara needing to learn waterbending. They're like, hey, maybe we should go to the North Pole and find a master there. And they desperately, like, they both desperately want to improve. Like, you can very clearly see their inner conflicts there, their inner drives there. 
and then they go penguin sledding, which is perfect. Like, they're literally sledding on penguins. And it's the best thing. And it's so gorgeously animated, too. It really, really is. They go through this cave at one point, which has certain holes in it, and light shines down in really beautiful ways. It's this magnificent kinetic sequence. And I love it. It's so freaking good. And then they get to the Fire Nation ship. And they kind of explore around that. You kind of get the history of the Southern Water Tribe with the Fire Nation. Like, it's kind of haunted the tribe since Grand Grand, who, by the way, is another character I adore, since Grand Grand was a little girl. And they just kind of are exploring this ship. And he's like, wait, what are you talking about? What war? I have friends all over the world, even the Fire Nation. I've never heard of any war. And Katara's like, hey, dude. How long were you trapped in that iceberg? Because it sounds like a hundred years. And you have this brilliant character moment of Aang just sort of, in an instant, coming to terms with the fact that, oh... Oh, I've been in an iceberg for a hundred years. That's not great. (laughs) And there's this brilliant moment of realization where he's like, oh crap, this is insane. This has gone into really horrific territory. And then you get this great tense moment with the booby trap. They activate that tripwire. They're shut into the ship and then that flare goes up. And they escape pretty easily. But really the big big reverberation of this scene is that flare's gone up and Zuko can see them. So he's like, oh, I found the Avatar as well as his hiding place. And that sets up. The second episode, where really the plot is going to kick into high gear. That's really when shit starts kicking off. Oh, and also, I totally forgot. I totally forgot, but the scene where Zuko is sparring. And just demanding that his uncle teach him the advanced set. But it's like, no, you have not mastered your basics yet. Perfect, perfect encapsulation of what drives Zuko. This is basically, like, again, this episode exists to establish characters. Who is Aang? What drives him? Who is Gatara? What drives her? Who is Sokka? What drives him? Who is Zuko? What drives him? And they do that so perfectly. In literally every single scene. Every single scene is deliberately there. To establish character. And then of course episode 2 comes around. And that's where the plot kicks off. And guess what? We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Can't wait for that to be a thing. If you like this, favorite the podcast. Anchor.fm slash TV Archives. So that you can be here every single Monday through Friday. As I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you Prefer. 
feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. We actually just passed our $75 a month goal, which was quarterly commentary tracks on Clark Film. Good job, everyone. We got that. Uh, The next goal is at $100 a month, and that's when I set up a mega feed. With all my podcasts in it. So you get this. You get Clark Film. You get Clark Sessions. You get CBM Weekly. All in one feed. I really want to do that. I really want to put that out there. $100 a month. Get us there. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender Season 1 Episode 2. Talk to you then.